be attentive. Brethren, I, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Peace be to you, the reader, and to your spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come, let us sing to the Lord, let us shout for joy to the God our Savior. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Be attentive. The Lord said this parable the land of a rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. As he said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. to you who proclaims the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, how many of you have heard of a Rube Goldberg machine? Okay. So, Rube Goldberg is this cartoonist from the early part of the 20th century. A very famous cartoonist. And he had this character called Professor Butts. 
Now I have all the junior high boys' attention. Yes, his name was Professor Butts. And he made these uh, machines. And the basic idea is that he wanted to make some simple task accomplished, but through a whole series of complex actions. So many of us have seen videos of these kinds of things where you have dominoes falling down and then it knocks a ball which goes into a bucket, the bucket turns over, on and on and on, so that it can do some very simple task. This is called a Rube Goldberg machine. And when you're watching that, because they are very engaging, are they not? There's a beauty to it, an excitement, like seeing what's going to happen next, watching everything perfectly go in order, all the pieces working together. And a Rube Goldberg machine is not just his own creation, because we see this in the natural world around us. Say there's a flower that grows in your yard one day. Many years ago, a maple leaf falls down from a, a maple seed falls down from a tree and falls into the ground where some squirrels are digging, and it plants, it germinates, it grows into a big tree. The tree one day has a hummingbird nest in it. The hummingbird has baby hummingbirds. The hummingbirds grow up. They go around pollinating flowers, and one of the flowers that they pollinate is that one now growing in your yard. We can multiply this in many, many different ways through the natural world, through the connections of things happening here and there. Dr. Timothy Petitzas, when he talked last weekend about beauty, he talked about hierarchy. And there's a connection here. Now, when we hear the word hierarchy, we think we kind of bristle. We think of power and subservience. We think someone's in control and someone else has no control. But he described this very well for us. It's very, uh, the word itself is uh, very anti-American because we think of an- being anti-authority, question authority, all of this. But the word hierarchy itself was coined by St. Dionysius the Areopagite. And St. Dionysius, when he t- coined the term... He didn't have anything to do with power, anything to do with exerting control over people. What he was describing is what Dr. Dr. Petitzas described as fractals, which is where a smaller thing mirrors a larger thing. And we see this in nature everywhere. You think of a snowflake and how you look closer and closer at that snowflake and the design repeats itself, smaller and smaller. Or like broccoli. You cut the broccoli and it's still the same thing, but a smaller version of it. In the the talk that he gave, he talked about coastlines and how if you take an aerial photo of a coastline of a shore, unless there are man-made objects through which you can tell your perspective, you can't tell how long the coastline is. Could be one mile, could be five miles, could be 300 miles. There's this repetition that occurs on smaller and smaller scale and on larger and larger scale. This is what hierarchy is. So now back a little bit to... Well, so with hierarchy, what it does is it gives order to things. And this is the connection with the the Rube Goldberg machine. Because a hierarchy, instead of being about oppression, it's simply about things having their place and things having their role. So think about that machine that we talked about. 
every little domino, every ball, every swinging pendulum, every single piece has its place, its function, its role, its purpose. Imagine if there was one domino that was just a little bit out of alignment. What would happen? Everything would be out of alignment. Nothing would work. It would start and then it would stop. Now imagine a Rube Goldberg machine made up of people. Every person is a domino. Every person is is one of the balls. Imagine all of those people. Do you think the accomplished task would be accomplished? Probably not. Why do I have to go and tag his hand? Why do I have to push this thing over here? Why do I need to do that? Now, to be clear, to be within the role of something greater, it doesn't mean that we have no soul or that we have no mind. It means simply that when we're a part of something greater, that we are humbling ourselves. That we are accepting where we are and what we are and facing exactly what that is. You see, in the Rube Goldberg machine, there's unity between all the pieces. And if one piece is out, then there's disunity. Of course, the word unity is Latin. It comes from oneness. Another word for that would be peace. The opposite of discord is peace. Don't we all want peace? Don't we all want unity? These are things that innately as human beings we desire. And yet the work to get to it is not easy. In St. Paul's epistle today, he talks about oneness. He says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. One, 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 all, all, all. You see the importance of unity of what St. Paul is saying. How can you and I be united in God if we're not united with one another? The simple answer is, we can't. Now you might say, but Father, I'm here, and that person that I don't get along with is here, or I don't like, or whatever, they're here. Isn't that good enough? It's not. It's not. How can we be united with God, the one God, one Father, if we are not united with each other? It's an amputation of the body of Christ. It's a festering wound. That's what it is when we don't have unity. So how can we be united with Christ and with each other? Because you see, unity is not some sort of vague ideal. We want unity. We want peace. It's actually something that's very straightforward and very difficult. That's what unity is. But of course, there's someone who doesn't want unity. The divider, the avolos. He is the one who's seeking to cause division between us. So how do we lead a life worthy of that unity in one God? Fortunately, St. Paul has the answer to that as well. And to give you the importance of unity, he says at the very beginning, I beg you, he's begging these people in Ephesus, to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. 
And these are the clues to how we maintain unity. With lowliness and meekness. What is lowliness and meekness? Low. That simple. Below. What does that mean? Be below other people. Humble ourselves. This is the beginning to finding unity, is to humble ourselves. I've talked to you before about St. Yaakovos of Evia. He said so much, this phrase, Mesikorite, that there's an icon called Mesikorite. It means, forgive me. This is what he would say all the time. Forgive me. Forgive me. The icon is called the forgive me. It doesn't even make sense in English. But because this is who he was and how he was, this is how he was captured in this icon. Forgive me. Forgive me. This is how we begin to have humility, lowliness, meekness. But he's not finished. He says, with patience. You know what patience is? Patience is when we don't get what we want, when we don't see what we want happening, being okay with that. That's what patience is. Forbearing one another in love. To forbear, you hear the word bearing. The carrying the weight of what? Someone else's difficulties. Someone else's sinfulness. Someone else's rudeness, unkindness, whatever it is. Forbearing in love. He's still not finished. He says, Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that's the word I'd like to rest on. Eager. To have unity, we have to be eager for unity. We can't just hope for it. Hope that it will hold together. It's kind of like some rickety old thing that we're just kind of hoping, okay, it'll keep going, it'll keep going, and then it doesn't. We have to be eager to seek after unity. How? With these things again, lowliness, meekness, patience, forbearing. All of these are ways that we eagerly seek after the unity which we can have. And again, St. Paul says, I beg of you. This is so important to the unity of the church. So the simple steps, we can all think of them right now. We can probably find people in this room where we can say, you know what, I need to do a little bit more of those things with that person or those people. But it is so important because how can we be united to the one God, the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism, if we're not united with each other in oneness, in unity? There's beauty in unity. This ultimately is what makes those Rube Goldberg machines so totally captivating. Just watch everything come together. Again, there's an excitement about it because it's all coming together. It's a beautiful scene when there's unity. And this is no different among human beings. It's beautiful when human beings are united together. We in this parish can be a beautiful parish simply by the ways in which we're patient, forbearing, lowly, humble, kind. This is what will bring this parish to be a beautiful parish. So I challenge each and every one of us to maintain the unity with eagerness. 
Think right now of those whom you don't have unity with and fight for it. Fight for it because it is a fight. And through that, we can become that one body of Christ that we desire to be, that we long to be, and that God desires for us. Amen.